Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I'm glad you're staying hydrated, Dad, but this seems a little excessive. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 2, titled Superhuman Law, directed by Kat Coiro. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we're asked by our boss to defend... Uh, a killer of our cousin. <laughs> uh, let me introduce our wonderful Hulksters joining me in the courtroom this evening. First up, he's the judicial jaunty and jazzy jelly bean of justice. He's Justin, the lawman Lawrence. I don't know if I sound like a really great lawyer with jazzy jelly bean, but uh, <laughs> I dig it enough. I think it describes me yeah. as a person, jazzy and a yeah. jelly bean. I love that, so... Perfect. Right, and I think I think the, in this in this kind of world, that's one of the maybe one of the lawyers that mm-hmm. Jen would might you know she might have to work against the jelly bean in a case. I don't know, I don't know. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, and sitting on trial next to him, he's ready to dismiss the deliberation of the deposition given by the defendant of the defenders. He's Darcy, the Dank Devil Hudson. I mean, to me, Justin's name just sounds like an 80s wrestling persona or something like that. Just, <laughs> right? The Lawman Lawrence. Like, the Jazzy is, Jelly Bean, the Lawman Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> just comes out in a giant jelly bean suit, dude. And he's got big sunglasses with a on. Case. Yeah. With a briefcase. With a briefcase. Right? Yeah, because I'm going to get serious, bro. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You'd be a, definitely like a grape flavor, I think. You'd be a grape flavor. Jelly bean. That's my. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so we last week we discussed what might trigger you uh, to Hulk out. Um, and uh, and Justin, I'm so sorry to say that uh, Kevin called you out and said that you like to smack your lips together while you're eating. I haven't personally experienced that. I don't know what I, he's talking about. I specifically do it around Kevin because he's so. <laughs> that's, he just doesn't know that. I, I purposely yeah. do it. Like I, I literally. Go, yeah, right? but I, I've sat across from you who have who's enjoyed yeah. a many of meals uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've I've actually witnessed you uh, very much enjoy a meal to really? the point where it was sensual. It was a very well, sensual I, experience. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can attest to that as well. I'll still keep the mouth closed, but, you know, you can have For some sure. fun with your mouth closed if you know what I oh, mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah okay well this time this week around I wanted to ask um, what what you know obviously we don't have Natasha around you know to sing us a lullaby I wish we did that would be wonderful but what do you do when you're all hulked out what do you do to calm down uh, mine's just listen to music for sure I mean yeah again I, I'm usually with mine hulking out comes from the lack of my my go to uh, indulgence then uh, some music and probably some of that indulgence would definitely bring me back down to yeah. uh, a more sociable level. There you go. Yeah, some green yeah, stuff. Yeah, I 
I, I, I can relate to my dankest dude. Uh, the, the green herb can sometimes calm the nerves and, and very much do so for myself on both a personal and medicinal level. Uh, yeah. But I, I would have to say also, if, if I'm getting stressed about a situation, I just remove myself from the situation. Uh, that's I think smart. that's the best course of action. Um, if something is bothering me, if, like, if it's work, if it's anything, if it's a project that I that I'm just can't get my head around, I'm getting frustrated. Reassess and then reapproach, and I I tend to do that. That's that's kind of my go to for for how to de stress myself out I of like a situation. That. It it doesn't fit the the uh, the jelly bean lawyer wrestling persona. It's as very much. practical, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's but not like, so can... silly and. <laughs> but I can see you, you, you know, your your jelly bean jumps in the ring and he's just like, like for a commercial or something, an ad. He's like, the green herb calms the nerve, brother. Like something like that. I don't know. Could work. Um, for guys, me, you guys are coming up with some great wrestling gimmicks for me. I love it. I'm writing you, them all let's, down. Let's do it. Um, I actually, honestly, for me and and Darcy, you might kind of uh, get into this one as well. I uh, and Justin, I, I I enjoy some incredibly relaxing. Uh, video games. I think for a lot of folks, a lot of people, sure. they think that video games are only able to be one thing for for people, but it can be many different things, many different experiences. Obviously, you've got your Animal Crossings, you've got your flower, right, as an experience that you might want to have. But honestly, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes after a long day, and I'm where I'm just at work, and I've been hulking out at work all day. I just want to jump into some doom and blast some demons' heads off. You know what I mean? Like, just like... Cathartic. It's so cathartic. And the the Xbox has a really great feature where you can actually listen to music over top of your game. So you still hear the game audio, but you also hear your music. So just pop on some doom with some Enya and just go to hell ripping apart everything inside. I mean... Who can say when? And it's like blowing people up. It's... It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, the Doom soundtrack's good enough on its own, but again, true. that's more my style of music. So. True, 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 true. Yes, yeah, I, I might go back and forth on it. But those games, sometimes games can get you frustrated. So sometimes it's, I find it even recently, I've been playing God of War. I got to step away from this yeah. game only to come back and, and try it again with a clear mm-hmm. mind because I'm getting too wrapped up. But, yeah. you know, we the all have those. The jelly bean method. The jelly bean method. Exactly. Is what they call it, right? it's, yes. Yeah, that, we, sh- we should call it that. That That is 100% <laughs> what it's being dubbed now. I don't know. Talking about frustrating games, I have yeah. a bit of an anecdote that from both Kevin and my perspective. Uh, mm. I've, growing up with Kevin, I've seen him throw not one, but two controllers so hard that he's broken Many. them in, restra- oh, in frustration. <laughs> Uh, mine's not so destructive, but uh, mm. I have multiple controllers through history that have bite marks in them because when I get frustrated at the yeah. game, I take it out on my controller in the form of biting it as hard as possible. <laughs> so Jeez. let's just say I can't do that with a new generation of uh, PlayStation things because there's a lot of sensitive equ- areas that I'd like to yeah. bite. Well, folks, folks, watch That's, out when you're around Darcy because if you're if you know if you get into a relationship with that guy and he hulks out, he might start biting you. And maybe you're into that. I don't know. This is going on too long, folks. Grab a drink. <laughs> Obviously, we're, 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 we're getting a little bit tipsy already uh, because court is now in session with the Honorable Judge Nate presiding. Let's get into this story. So we pick up where we left off last week with the news outlets uh, all reporting on the events involving Jen and, and Titania in the courtroom. Uh, after being dubbed She-Hulk by a local news reporter, Jen and Nikki attend their local bar where Dennis continues to be a literal dick and like he literally refers to a, a hot chick as an it at one point which i literally had to 
I had to rewind, and I was like, did he say it? He did. Um, so that's that's that guy. Uh, and then Jen's boss informs her that they lost the case because GLK and H had it declared a mistrial due to the jury being biased because Jen saved their lives. Uh, and after getting fired, we see Jen consistently unable to get hired due to her hulkness. Uh, so let's pause there. Um, we see Jen asking kind of in this scene all the right questions that I think a lot of us think about all the time of like, how do the Avengers you know, function in an everyday normal society? Do they have health care? Do they have maternity leave? Do they have a pension? Uh, and these are some great questions. And I think the series is going to focus on some of these questions. Uh, it's like, how do these heroes actually function as normal humans? Well, it's, it's real life. It's, right. it's the questions of how do they live in real life? Like, does S.H.I.E.L.D. provide some sort of group benefits? You have that scene followed up with her being turned down based mm-hmm. on her hulkness and and it almost seems as a bit of an allegory because all the all the people that are telling her no are men right and yeah. all of these men are saying no you know you're too much of a distraction it's a liability they're thinking of all these other uh potential reasons of why she wouldn't be good rather than really looking at her 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 practice her method and as a lawyer this series seems like it's going to be talking about not just what it means to be a woman as a superhero but a woman in the real world working in this in in real life you know what it's right. like they're 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 seeing her as hulk first but it's a, it's it's meant to represent what a lot of women go through where you know, a lot of employers see them as women exactly. first and they don't look yeah, at their talents and what they're it. capable yeah. of. Um, so I definitely I definitely got that as well. And I think we've, you know, as far as the hero side of things, like we've seen this before. We've seen it in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right, with Sam Wilson uh, and the banking situation. We saw it in exactly. uh, Hawkeye with when, you know, Clint was, uh, you know, on the other side, Clint is offered a meal for free at that restaurant because of, being an Avenger, right? So it's just interesting to see like the positives and negatives that uh, come along with with superherodom. I feel like a lot of it probably stemmed from the fact that the Avengers were funded like almost solely by Tony Stark, and without Tony Stark, it's almost like True. there's no one who will be willing to pay for these heroes to you know sustain a regular life, and that's why with his loss, now we're seeing more of that reflected throughout the heroes' lives. That is um, true. Like, that is true. I, yeah, and before we go on to anything else, too, I just wanted to mention the fact that uh, from the comic books, I love the spin on uh, the Titania character, Titania character, however you say it, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that now she's a superhuman influencer, which, again, is like, the <laughs> yeah. show is very of the moment, has a lot of relatable things that we can see in the real world, and again, here we are as an influencer just doing crazy things because people watch them. Like, I, it's just, I thought that was a very on-the-nose uh, adaptation for sure. And you can tell she has her own PR person because in like the lower thirds of the news reports, it just says an unfortunate misunderstanding. And the, like, this is what their lawyers are saying, or her lawyers are saying, like the result of an extreme case of low blood sugar. <laughs> she's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Like clearly she's got some people spinning that stuff for her. It's, it's also very boys-esque, right? Like again, yes. kind of surrounding, surrounding uh, Titania in this sort of, like you said, very relevant of the moment sort of status that exists in society in in real life right now. And that is kind of how you would probably see a superhero nowadays. I think they're represented in a real life situation where there's followers and there's there's all of this reach that they have. So to kind of take a little bit of that and ingrain it here again, it just hits on the point of it being very relevant for today. Also, I, I kept noticing many times throughout this episode the use of green lighting, like I think you see it at the bar on Jen's 
like face on the side of her face is like she comes down from being She-Hulk, but then she still has it there. Like it's still always a part of her. And then like, uh, you know, we'll get to the family house, like the family's, uh, her family's house or whatever, but you see it there. Her parents are wearing green. And then like, um, even, even during the interviews, like when she's like talking and they're, they're consistently saying no, the scene gets, the lighting gets darker and darker and darker and darker. And then the last one has like a tinge of green to it. And I just thought it's just so smart the way that they're using that lighting to just kind of emphasize that like, this is a part of your life now forever, um, whether you want it or not. It's a subtle hue that's applied. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I agree. I think, I think you guys were mentioning it in last week's episode. 100%. There's there's this subtle green hue and this this boost of green throughout and I think that's very purposeful. I think that's that's meaningful to to kind of have that uh layered in, in in many ways and I think purple is also another color that we'll start getting subtle hints of. Well, let's keep going here. Back at Jen's place, uh you know, she's looking for a new job. She gets a notification that she's supposed to attend family dinner that night. Uh, and so she she's like super frustrated by that. She's just like got fired and now I have to go to family dinner. Uh, and then she as soon as she gets there, Ched, which now, hey, Darcy, we know who Ched is now. Yep. Um, Ched, he's not the smartest or coolest man, I don't think, in the family. Uh, Ched mistakenly brings up Jen's sudden firing from work. Just say like, you got fired. And there's like, I told you not. Anyways, um, <laughs> it, was, it was great. After enduring a very difficult discussion about everything she really wouldn't want to talk about, Jen escapes to the garage thanks to her dad who gives her an out. Uh, And her and her dad have a a really wonderful heart-to-heart as he comforts her uh, in her transition. Back at the bar, Jen's approached by Mr. Holloway, who offers her a job heading up a new division at GLK&H. But on her first day at the new firm, she learns that she must be at work only as She-Hulk. But it might be worth it as much as that sucks because she gets this gorgeous new office and it's just like absolutely beautiful. And and she she gets a window view. Um, And then we meet Pug. Uh, which is, I guess it's like Puglisi, I believe, from the comics or something like that. I was this Pug's interesting name. Uh, and he informs both Jen and Nikki of where to find the best bathroom for Poopin. Uh, so before we keep, uh, before we go to the bathroom for Poopin, uh, let's let's break that down here. Um, you know, obviously Holloway mentions more and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. I wanted to ask you guys, like, you know, what, sorry. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what are maybe what, what do you think is a reason that we're seeing more and more of these eccentric superheroes showing up? And is there anyone that you would like, like you would love to see that you could dig dig deep into the toy box of uh, Marvel Comics and pull out? Well, that's that's a question for Darcy to answer for sure. But I think <laughs> that I think at least the the first part of that question in regards to why I think yeah. it is to open up the the idea that the marvel the marvel universe it's more out mm-hmm. in the open and i think that that is is sort of the evolution this universe has gotten bigger even vision says it in in civil war and we're now at a point where i think we're going to hear more about various power centric people in the mcu but yeah darcy i would love to know who you'd love to see <clears throat> um well it's hard to, for me to, to pull some names out of, the, out of my uh a hat here. There is one that I can't remember his name of though. His name, but he's just a, a bear that talks, and he's a he's like <laughs> a, 
anti-hero type thing. He lives on the West Coast and he's in an Ant-Man series. So, I mean, if we're on the West Coast, that's making me think West Coast Avengers with all the, you know, fun, campy characters they have out there. That could totally work. Well, because, well, (laughs) I'm just saying, because I I was looking up, I think Ursa Major might be the character's name. Something like that. But but here's the deal. That actually would make a lot of sense um, because on the back of uh, behind Jen on her shelf, she actually has the UCLA um, like the bear is the mascot of the UCLA uh, team. So like that could totally work where like she thinks that she's defending the mascot, but it's a literal talking bear. Oh, that would be hilarious. I- I also think that we're going, uh, I mean, I mentioned it last time, but mutants. I feel like the explanation for this will be the fact that the timeline is no longer being protected by uh, he who remains in, in the uh, tightly now. So I think we're getting a lot of those, these big life-changing or world-changing events that are just al- being allowed to happen now that we have this multiverse and it's been the door's been blown open. So I feel like it's definitely a direct result of that. <laughs> yeah, I also wonder if, like, Justin, I think you, I think you're kind of right, like, there's more and more people who they see someone like Jen Walters on the news and they go, okay, cool. So I guess if she's able to keep somewhat living her life and, and being a lawyer, then maybe I can keep my life too as a superpowered individual. And I think it's starting to become more and more normalized within the MCU with everything going on. Uh, and I'm wondering if this is kind of what spurs the defenders like I'm wondering if this is kind of where we sort of get the kick for the defenders obviously we know based off trailers that uh Daredevil um is going to be in the series um I think maybe Frogman is is going to be is, uh in the show yeah that's been um, confirmed. that's been confirmed in the trailers so I think it would be but I, I think honestly if I was to pick somebody that I want to see um it's got to be Jessica Jones I think it would be really sick to see like maybe at the end of the the season we just see her prosecuting her in court and like her lawyer is Matt Murdock and like that could be the first time that we're seeing Jen you know meeting Matt Murdock but not Daredevil right like maybe he's Daredevil for the majority of their relationship and then at the end of this series we get to see all three of them in the room I think it would be a great way to kick it off uh, to bring the defenders into the MCU as long as they explain why these lawyers are able to practice law in other states, I'll be happy yes. with it. Oh, <laughs> exactly. is so, that what it is? So, yeah. So that's that was kind of where I was going to go with it. I, I don't know if we're actually going to see Matt Murdock practicing law there. He might mm. be investigating something as Daredevil, which I think, Nate, did you make mention last week that Kingpin could could tie into yeah i thought maybe that was the somewhere. first i thought maybe well in the in the first episode right away at the very beginning she's talking about uh you know she's giving her closing statements regarding a character who's very powerful Correct. has a lot of money and i thought maybe it wasn't maybe not kingpin directly but somebody related to kingpin working for him well again that's a great reason for daredevil to show up there yep. as daredevil yep. maybe investigating something uh, and not necessarily restricted by going as Matt Murdock to be a lawyer, because obviously mm-hmm. state to state laws uh, practicing is, is an issue. But maybe that does play a factor into why he, Daredevil, is in L.A. Because he's he's from he's from Hell's Kitchen, right? Which right. is with Jessica is, Jones. So it'd be, it'd be exactly. interesting to see how she pops up in L.A. And that's that's where she decides to go to get away from everything. I mean. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Everyone's going to LA these days. Everyone's going to the to unless and also unless She Hulk somehow inevitably somewhere in this series ends up in New York. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Like that's the other option as well. That but could it be seems it. like 
the, the, We've well, answered it. It also seems... <laughs> it just seems also, too, though, that this is a very L.A.-centric, L.A. purposeful show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much leaning into L.A. law. So Yeah. I also wanted to just say, kind of, it kind of sucks, like... It, it's just an interesting contrast that like the same reason that Jen isn't able to get a job is the same reason she absolutely does get this job, right? Like her Hulkness is the, the irony, reason, 100%. right? It's just so ironic. And, and you just see how much that eats away at her, eats away at her soul as she's walking down the hallway and doing the fourth wall breaking of just like, I I, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that it, again, it, it's the it's the irony of the situation. She's not being accepted in these other job interviews. People are intimidated by her powers, and here they just want her because of the appearance of of that, right? Mm-hmm. And and that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I loved the those fourth wall breaking moments. I I loved how she's walking through and she's looking at all of these people. Did you notice the the gentleman? Um, who who walks out? He he was I think he was uh, Asian, and he walks out of his office. But yeah. in his office, there's like a line of comics on yeah. his wall. So he was like a a a, a, a super fan of comics, right? Yeah. So he I like probably think, was like, oh, well, I like to think like that's like a way that out. they study the histories of of some of the like so that they can recall them like like they're in court and they're literally like they're like all right issue number 28 of the uh of the original series uh clearly you can see and it's like sir those are fictional um but um but yeah i uh i also wanted to bring up a side note just because i i completely forgot to mention it can i just say how excellent the attention to detail is with jen's character in the show because continuing the theme from her just constantly bringing up uh, Captain America's ass throughout the first episode, her iPhone's wallpaper is literally Captain America's ass. Like, it's, if you look back, it's literally just his backside. Uh, and so it's the ass that keeps on on giving. It's so good. I'm so happy about it. Um, but yes, let's let's keep on going here. In Holloway's office, Jen learns that she'll be working uh, a new case for none other than Emil Blonsky. Uh, obviously, because of Emil's history with her cousin, she attempts to reject it, but she's told uh, she she won't have a job if she doesn't take it. So she she takes it. She heads to the DODC's Supermax prison, uh, which I think is the same Supermax prison that we saw in Miss Marvel, um, with uh, with where the the clandestines broke out of. So I don't know how really good that prison is. Um, But we basically see here, she meets with Abomination. He informs her that uh, he wants to spend the rest of his life with his seven soulmates uh, and that his destructive rampage really wasn't his fault, that he was pumped full of super soldier serum given to him by the U.S. government. And he just wants to move on with his life. So guys, let's stop here for a second. What did you think of seeing Tim Roth again for the first time since 2008? Uh, as Emil Blonsky back in human form in the MCU. Um, I just want to say namaste um, <laughs> because I thought that was perfect a perfect way to kind of introduce after so many years of not seeing uh, Abomination, um, yeah. you know, where he's at mentally and how he has found peace. Uh, you know, they definitely did a significant shift from from his his character in in the Incredible Hulk, where he was obviously very motivated by power and what that power meant, um, and I think yeah, it was it's cool that they they found a way to kind of give him um, closure, uh, so he can move to the the next next part of his journey as as the character character in the MCU. Dope. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, I love the the take on it too. He's completely chilled out and the whole haiku thing. I find, I think it's a fun a fun way to show a character who's repented and then you know wants to do better or at least says so. And I, I you know I feel it. I I feel for the guy for sure. Yeah, it's it's very much the lighter side, right? Like the series is very is feels already from two episodes very light in tone. It's it's not taking itself overtly seriously. And here we have something that kind of makes you chuckle and smile, but it's also very self-serving for what's next in his journey. Probably as we know, a Thunderbolt series is down the road and he would very much be a part of that to see him, what, what, what role he's probably going to pay just play in that just to get little hints of where his character is. I think that's, you know, it's a fun way to kind of get us back into him as it's a whole new person essentially. Well, speaking of the Thunderbolts, I'm, I'm a little curious to see like, he mentions like seven soulmates and a big like property. And I'm wondering if that's something, if it's something like a little sneaky nefarious thing where he's like, yeah, seven soulmates, a big property, like the raft, like maybe that's like, maybe he's just, he's straight up just sort of playing his hand, but he's not playing his hand. I don't know. I don't know. I could be, I could be reaching there, but um, I like that he mentions that like his change spiritually like it's almost as though like the spirit behind his character has changed because the MCU like they transitioned his character to the MCU so he's of course going to be very different i don't know yeah i just i i thought that was uh, that was really funny um but let's let's keep going here uh so we get to the final section of the episode where jen is discussing the case with bruce trying to convince herself it's okay to take the case uh and he encourages her to take the case by letting her know that uh, listen, that fight was so long ago. It's it's behind them. Uh, she asks him if he's coming to L.A. anytime soon, and he says he's got some things he's got to take care of. And then, like, boom, we see him now inside the Sakaran cruiser from last week, now blasting off into space. And of course, the call uh, ends up uh, obviously disconnecting. Jen now finally ready to accept the job. Uh, she gets a phone call from Holloway and says, "Hey, check the news." And she learns that the, you know the footage has leaked showing Abomination has has allegedly escaped from prison where he's competing in an underground fight club. Jen says that sucks and the episodes end uh, or the episode ends. Uh, and then we do get a lovely sort of end credit stinger of her just just helping her dad around the house, fixing a TV and carrying a, like a bunch of water jugs. Uh, and so <laughs> I wanted to ask like kind of two questions to sort of end off here. Number one, uh, where was Bruce heading in that Sakaran ship? Do we do do we think it's Sakar? Uh, and two, uh, with this footage now leaked, where do you think this places the series on the timeline? Like, is this something that happened recently, or is this like older footage at this point? Right? Like, that's I'm trying to figure it out. I'm gonna go and say it's older, mainly because of that post credit scene we got from Shang Chi. Because in that scene, we still had Bruce with the sling on, and his arm was still injured. Oh, right. About where the, what the next steps were at that point. So the fact that like he was injured and hadn't seen any of that tech and was still not the Hulk, this is definitely taking place after that point. So this is probably a month or two out, let's say something like that. But the events of Shang Chi have happened, and that was just now new footage that has been released probably screw her over i don't know i think that's i think that's i think that's entirely accurate because that's what i was thinking as well you know we are introduced 
to uh, Bruce with the sling and he has has the adapter on his arm that allows him to control being in, in, in Hulk mode. Yeah, I think I think in and around probably the events of them in the car, maybe a day or so before, mm-hmm. he, he probably was m- meeting with Captain Marvel, Wong in the Sanctum, uh, talking about the Ten, ten Rings, right? So I, I think that that's a, that's a fair assessment. It, they wouldn't have kept that visual um, if it wasn't to at least connect that it's happened in and around the same time. It's definitely after. It's happened after, but they're close. They're close in the timeline. Yeah, I just feel like with that end credit scene from Shang-Chi that we're talking about, like in the trailers, we know Wong obviously shows up in this series as well. And so you'd imagine Wong would be probably pretty busy right away investigating whatever's going on with that. So like there's got to be, you know, he, I, I highly doubt he's just going to like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's maybe he's they, they show him in this series and he's like dealing with whatever happened is happening at that time. But I don't know. He's a material witness. They can easily bring it in for just for questioning. I mean, if he's in the video with the abomination, like, yeah, I'd ask questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess. I just thought, like, I don't know, getting a beacon, you know, after everything that's been going on, and you see this like blinking beacon from these ten rings. Like, I kind of feel like as Wong, you're, you're the duty would kick in, and and he would he would start to you know maybe he would be too taking things too seriously to d- regard anything to do with like. Emil Blonsky like he doesn't care I don't know but um I did love how they doubled down on the joke that I just talked about with with Emil which like with Bruce just literally <laughs> literally they finally acknowledged the true the recasting of of Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo in such a a fun way um and like I think this might have been my favorite fourth wall breaking joke in the entire series so far like I know yeah. we're only two episodes in but just like a, a different person literally and then you know she just like looks at the camera and goes ha like I just ah it's so freaking good I, I was so happy with it so yeah on the topic of the Hulk I definitely think he's heading off to Sakaar for the Grandmaster or something else like I definitely think Justin and I were, were talking after that first episode and he had mentioned that he thought World War Hulk and I thought that was a great idea mm-hmm. so definitely going to give credit to Justin for coming up with that but I feel like they're they're hopefully setting up for a World War Hulk inspired storyline. One thing I'm confused about though because if they do uh, like a World War Hulk thing I mean he'd have to Hulk he'd have to go from Smart Hulk to, to Big Hulk again right like do you think do you think we'll ever get to see Big Hulk again in the MCU? I think Rage Hulk is is no longer a thing. I think right? if we see it, it, it needs to be for dramatic effect. It's like Banner has fully lost control of that bond that he currently has. But I think to do a World War Hulk with a smart Hulk could be really interesting. It would be mm-hmm. another take on the story. I like the idea of bringing back the Grandmaster. I like the idea you guys were talking about uh, in regards to implementing the Grandmaster back into the storyline in a way that he wants his prized possession, his his warrior, his defender. And, you know, we know that that kill scene was removed. It never it never made its way into Thor. So maybe this is part of the reason why they wanted to keep him around, right? Is right. so that they can tell this story. Because I'd also read recently that potentially by July 2023, uh, Universal, who currently hold the rights to producing Hulk movies, would lose those rights and they would revert back to oh, wow. uh, Disney and Marvel as part of their property. So maybe they're uh, maybe they're so, gearing up for it. Yeah, yeah. Just on the comment of World War Hulk too, I think it would be perfect timing because it's been at least seven years since he was at least landed on Sakaar with the blip and then the two year 
time span he spent there. So the fact that he could easily go back and interact with a son who would be, you know, seven or eight years old or older looking because he's in half alien type thing, I think would be really cool. Uh, at least adaptation of the, the scar storyline from uh, the world war Hulk. But uh, another thing too, is just last week episode, I didn't mention it then, but uh, the fact that Bruce specifically said, it feels like someone else is behind the wheel. That is like a very strong nod to one of the more recent issue, uh, like interpretations of what it's like to have the Hulk inside you. And it's driving down a freeway in a convertible and you're either in the trunk or you're at the wheel. And I feel like maybe the smart Hulk thing might could, could be nodding towards the fact that there is still a Hulk, a raging Hulk in the trunk that's trying to get out. Like mm. the, the true anger that he hasn't had a, a vent for in a while. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the rage come back for sure. Mm. I, I think if we see the rage come back in, a monumental way in a world war Hulk movie would be dope because we have been sticking with smart Hulk. So to see him go back to, uh, you know, I think the last time that we really saw him in this rage mode was age of Ultron. Things changed after that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe Thor Ragnarok, uh, but he was even still kind of showing more of a smart intellect, the way he was interacting with Thor on the planet. Right. So, you know, Age of Ultron, they they brought it up. You know, uh, his father said to to Jennifer, like, it's not like you destroyed a city because yeah. that's still talked about that, you know, he what he did in Age of Ultron. So, you know, he obviously carries that trauma and he hold you know, the reference of who who's who's behind the wheel. That's his gauge of understanding when he loses control. And I, you're right. I think that that's just such a a, a really great analogy for for everyone to understand just those two sides because we're all human we have it right so yeah. but I, I love his relationship with uh with Jen and and in this phone call too just how supportive uh he is of her and just like hey like oh I love the name and like he's just caught you know he's just saying like hey like listen you're gonna be fine you're gonna do great like um I'm happy you're taking the case uh I love the idea that Emil wrote him like a haiku. <laughs> And like, and that was, that was the, that was the part that just, okay, yeah, we, we can put that behind us. So, um, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, but we, listen, we, we, uh, we are at the end of this watch club. We don't have any uh, prediction segment just yet as we are still, it still feels like we're kind of just kicking off here. I, I feel we're like. We're predicting as we're going, man. That's we're true. We're predicting that's as true. we're going. That's true. We're yeah. predicting as we're going. But listen, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score uh, which we're actually going to rate this on a scale of one to five maps to the best bathrooms for pooping. Uh, so Darcy, I'll get you to kick us off. Uh, again, I like this episode a lot. Uh, the The story was on point. I like the adapt, like the again the subtle nods to all the past fr- uh, events in the MCU, and you know maybe nods towards what is coming. So. Mm-hmm. And again, with that last little stinger uh, right before where, you know, the footage is leaked, it's, it's got that hook that makes you want to come back for more. So I really can't find anything bad to say about it. Uh, if there's one thing that bothers me is the fact that her hair goes from curlier than mine to luscious and straight in the transformation. <laughs> yeah. It's just didn't understand that luscious hair came with uh, hulking out because that would be incredible in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give it the same score I gave the first episode because I... I mean, I'd like to see some more action, some MCU uh, stuff happening, but I, I feel like maybe they're saving that for later on when mm-hmm. she figures out 
if she's a hero or, or just a lawyer type thing. So yeah, I'll get a solid 4.5 out of 5 maps to the best bathrooms for pooping. Very good. Justin, how about yourself? So I really enjoyed this this episode. I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, much like the first episode, it, it's, it continues the funniness, the self-aware, the very quick and focused story uh, and, and tells gives us all the information that we need about Jennifer Walters and, and the, unfolding the story. The series is really proving the point that you can tell those stories in, in a shorter amount of time. And it, as you mentioned, Darcy, it's enough that it's keeping me interested and I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next episode. Um, and also just from like a, a, the the sort of theme element, I think it really does continue uh, the discussion from last episode about the perception of, of women working in a male dominated industry and what it, it means to be a woman in society and, and the idea that we, we, we can see uh, a lot of men sort of over explaining or feeling intimidated by by strong women based on uh, on that uh, based on their abilities. And here it's very much about Jennifer Walters ability to Hulk out. Um, and, and I love that, you know, even just in the first episode as, as a reference to kind of continue, you know, we had a lot of Hulk Hulk explaining. And here we have a lot of like this sort of intimidated man and, and men and, and just the idea of men trying to uh, explain processes. And, and it's just it's just funny that it's it's going to continue that theme, I think, as we get deeper and as part of, of Jennifer's origin story. The introduction of Jed's family serves as a great reminder to the human side, obviously, of of, of Jennifer's life. Um, and her dad is adorable, so caring, very yeah. much like Yusuf uh, from Ms. Marvel. And it was yeah. great to, you know, kind of continue that theme of how families stay integral to to our heroes. Because, um, I, you know, she, there was even a joke about rich billionaires or orphans being Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she comes from a family and so will Kamala. So there's there's going to be some interesting connections between these heroes that's going to go the distance. Um, yeah, again, the, this episode did enough to get the story moving to the next episode, proving that a 30-minute structure can work for the MCU series. And it's all about just keeping it simple, keeping it focused. So a four out of five maps to the best bathrooms to poop in. And I absolutely love that they both said thank you <laughs> yeah. because a friend who cares is yeah. a friend who gives you a map to the best bathrooms to poop in. I, yeah. I got to say, that's <laughs> yeah. that's a solid, solid, solid friend. Shout out to Pug, right? Like, Pug, dude. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's coming in clutch. Um, I think I think this episode, for me, it I think it showed why it's so tough to find uh, a balance in sort of how many episodes you should do in a series. Like, don't get me wrong, especially with us talking about it. Like, even now, I'm just like, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this episode. There's a lot of really great moments that when you really think about it, really, really work. Um, but I just felt that this episode, uh, for me, it established sort of what they needed, but it, it just didn't it didn't move the story along as uh, along as last week's episode I felt was able to in the same sort of time frame. Um, it kind of felt like half of an episode. Like it may obviously left me wanting more, which is something you always do want. Um, but I just felt like. I don't know, like the, the the fact that Bruce, 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 the fact that Bruce uh, was leaving the planet, you know, that was cool. That was a bit surprising. But like, we don't really get any other new information. Like we knew that Emil would escape, right? Like we knew that that would, was probably going to come into play. And we've already seen that footage happen. Um, so we just didn't get a, I, I don't know. We didn't get a, a ton of that. And uh, but I will. Episode two, Nate. I know, I know, I know. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. But but if you're gonna do week to week, and if you're gonna say, hey, we want to have not nine like, episodes, nine episodes in total, <laughs> yeah. I get it. But I'm saying like 
maybe maybe do eight. I don't know. Like if, if you're going to have episodes that mm-hmm. just feel like these sort of half steps, um, just consider that. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying this That's was true. like terrible. I just, for me, this wasn't as good as episode one. I still, you know, I'm still loving, like I love getting to see Tim Roth back. Uh, I love him back in the MCU. I, I'm, I love that they're sticking with the fourth wall breaking. I thought those moments were great. When her boss, when, when Holloway is like walking and she's in that fourth wall, it sort of changes the audio as well where you hear him just, he's like, money, money, money. Like you hear him like saying like, like he's he like sighs, but he says money, money. I don't know. I thought it was great. Um, and then, I, you know, Tatiana Maslany is, she's killing it as Jen Walters. She's killing it uh, as she hulk um and i had a few i had a few chuckles here and there in this episode but again i I don't think it was as good as the first one so i'm gonna give this a solid honestly i want to go to a four but i'm gonna give it a solid 3.5 maps to the best bathrooms for pooping i know we've got so many more episodes to go so i feel like you know this is this isn't a a dark mark on the series already but i i I just didn't find it as good as uh last week's 4.0 so uh anyways that is it for this week's episode of watch club for marvel she hulk attorney at law we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the show uh or the shows that we cover in watch club let me hulk slap you over to justin to let you know how you can reach us well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. But they can also Hulk out. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> it and works. Reach out to us on Twitter <laughs> uh, at geekcentricyt and uh, on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. <laughs> yeah, just just Hulk out. Whenever you can't think of anything, just Hulk out. Uh, keep in yeah. mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our recent interviews with both director of the series, Kat Coiro, and head writer and executive producer, Jessica Gao, where Justin sat down to discuss the various ways in which they've really implemented them, their, their own experiences into this show. Uh, you can also check that out both here on podcast services, but also on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, if that's not enough for you, you can also check out our spoiler-free reviews for Marvel's I Am Groot. I Am Groot. Uh, Netflix's Day Shift. You can check out uh, our spoiler-free review for The Sandman uh, Season 1, also from Netflix. Uh, we have our spoiler-free review for Skydance Animation's Luck, as well as Prey from Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Uh, we also have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes every single Wednesday, uh, where with this latest episode, Justin and I discussed uh, the Embracer group taking over the Lord of the Rings uh, IP, as well as uh, a Big Thunder Mountain movie, believe it or not, coming uh, hopefully sometime soon uh, from Hawkeye directors. So definitely definitely check those out and uh, let us know what you think. Of, please give us five stars if you can. It really helps out our our. our, our podcast. Uh, And lastly, we were super stoked to let you know that Geekcentric has been accredited for Fan Expo Canada 2022, which, if you're listening to this on the day of release, started today. Um, So we are, only a few of us are there. We're not all there yet, but uh, a couple of us are there right now, hopefully finding some content, you know, figuring out what the weekend is going to look like. Uh, And of course, we'll be posting all that to our socials. So please click all the things, like all the things, do all the things uh, to, uh, to hear our stories from Fan Expo Canada 2022, our first time ever going as press. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so again, give everything a listen, five-star review if you don't mind. Uh, and uh, Darcy, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, Hulk, Hulk smash! smash.